Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Natch 20 Review. I am your host here, Final Show Films, Sinstaku, and with me today is Units. Hi, I'm Units. Also known as John and Austin. And today we're talking about Afterworld, the trading card game. Uh, in the Afterworld, the greatest champions from the civilizations of Atlantis, Viking legend, ancient Egypt, and ancient Japan are pitted against each other for dominance. With stunning original artwork and exciting gameplay, Afterworld offers players the best of both worlds, a complete and compelling game experience with the fun of chasing rare cards to enhance the experience. Will the Atlantean commander be able to stop the Norse commander from raising the beautiful undersea territories of Atlantis? Will the Japanese commander be victorious in subjugating the best units from ancient Egypt? Play Afterworld and find out. Uh, so Afterworld is a two-player combat card game uh, that incorporates, uh, and this is a quote from the website, beautiful artwork and compelling gameplay to provide a unique and satisfying game experience. Uh, so Austin... Tell the audience how the game is played. Uh, the game is simple with a lot of superficial complexity. Um, the basis of the game is you both start with eight territories, which are your lands. They produce the resources that you cast spells with. And yeah, There's, there's going to be a lot of references to Magic the Gathering in our dialogue, by the way. This, Just be forewarned. This game has a lot of things that are very clearly just renamed from Magic the Gathering, and plus a lot of trading card games will have these. Magic is what I refer to, but I mean, there are mana bases in almost every Magic game. So... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's... I mean, I'm really the trading card game, sorry. Magic the Gathering is one of the first, so... Uh, and, yeah. and definitely one of the longest running, so lots of games are going to so. be influenced by its mechanics. Um... But yes, you have you have your eight territories which produce the resources with which you cast spells, and your uh, fortress, which is the best at producing resources. Um, it's and it's your ninth area, and if you lose it, you lose the game. Likewise, if you lose all eight of your territories, you lose the game. Um, you win the game by destroying your opponent's territories and/or fortress. You uh, accomplish this by moving your three commanders uh, that you attach units to very much in the style of Heroes of Might and Magic if you've played that game. Um, if not, it's basically you have a commander that has a benefit on it. You attach smaller units to it and then the units do the fighting. The commander doesn't actually do anything in combat aside from if he has a benefit or not. Yeah. Um, and so the, when the, the game plays through in four distinct phases. Uh, there's the supply phase, uh, which is where you draw a card and untap any of your expended resources. Uh, there's the invasion phase, which is where you move through the you, you move your commanders about the map, capturing territories and fighting. And there's the reinforcement phase, uh, which is the phase where you add where you play uh, things and add uh, troops uh, to your things. And actually, I think it's no, only that, three there's phases. only three phases. Yeah, there's That's only three it. phases. You know. Um, Sorry, I was thinking of a better game. Uh, <laughs> let's not get into the opinion just yet. Uh, but yeah, um, mechanically, it's a it's a dice, it's a it's a not dice. It's a card game. Uh, you should, you have a deck that you draw from. You have a con a, a, a I don't think there's a hand limit, but you do have a hand of cards that you play. Um, there there is a board. It's worth noting. Yeah. Uh, your eight territories are laid out um, in a four by two grid. Um, and then your your fortress is at the back end behind the two lines of four 
territories. Um, and you move uh, from space to space in whichever grid of movement your commander has. So during the combat phase of the game, um, there are you, you can move however many times your commanders indicate they can move. Uh, so each commander on the on the card, each commander has uh, a basically a one, two, and three. Although a cut, two of them only have one and two. Um, and it, on each of those one, two, three notations, it shows what directions you can move. Um, and so these are often you you can't always move in the same direction as part of the uh, so the, the mechanic uh, designed to limit the movement of your heroes and make it difficult for you to destroy all of your enemies' uh, territories in one turn. Um, also, those who have more easy to navigate movements, like I can move any direction I want to, tend to move twice. Those who have who can move three times tend to have very specific patterns. Like one of my heroes is like. I can move up into the left, and then I can move up into the right, and then I can move sideways. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, I think we've pretty much established everything. Oh, well, uh, mechanically, the way combat works. Let's talk about that before we go into the first yes. impressions. Uh, so the way combat works is your troops that you reinforce to your heroes and to your commanders uh, have a certain number of uh, attack points and life points. And the objective is, and, and so basically when you when the armies clash, they clash at the same time. And so you deal all of your damage and you take all of your opponent's damage. Your opponent assigns their damage to your creatures, um, and then you, uh, and and then you resolve who's dead. Um, so, and you get to assign where damage goes. Yeah, you assign where you, you assign where your where damage goes to your opponent's creatures. Which means that there are times when you go into a battle and it's like, well, I will totally lose this battle, but I'm going to attack because I'll lose the two troops I have, but I can kill, like two of their very relevant troops. Yeah, you can always, basically you always trade up uh, when you're in combat. <clears throat> yeah. That's, uh, and when you're, if your commander has no troops on them, they automatically return back to your fortress until they have troops on them again, which will be relevant for something we talk about later. But let's go ahead and get into our first impressions uh, of the game, Austin. Um, immediate first impressions were, I was interested. Um, conceptually, it seemed, uh, Conceptually, it seemed to be an, another trading card game, but with a little bit strategic element of the board game and placement. But as soon as I played it, um, you get so many... It's so front-loaded. You get so many resources at the beginning. You draw three cards every turn, which is excessive. And you have so many... Because you have start with all eight of your territories and your fortress. Um, it's so easy to set up like a hand dump on your first turn if you get the right assortment of cards in your hand. And then it goes into a weird feel-bad territory of you start high and then the game is always declining. This is how the mechanics are set up so that the game is always degrading. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's same same with me. Basically, uh, I thought it, I, it sounded it seemed like an interesting concept. The idea of these uh, various archaic races or cultures, although two of them aren't culture um uh but, but yeah the, 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 these this idea of these uh mythologies sort of clashing 
um, in in a Magic the Gathering style slash stra- strategy uh, card game seemed particularly interesting to me. But once we actually started playing, it just I didn't. It felt like it was a card game designed by people who had played a game of Magic a while ago, but didn't actually understand how the mechanics of the game worked, and didn't had never sat through a t- discussion on what balancing is. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, that was pretty much my first impression. Let's go into uh, things we liked about the game. Well, uh, one of my favorite things, like I said, I like the... The Heroes in Might and Magic was a game that I actually enjoyed a lot when I was younger. So I kind of like the setup of the commanders. The commanders all have unique abilities. Sometimes the commanders have abilities that relate directly to combat or moving around. And sometimes, like one of my commanders that has the most powerful ability is an ability that says at the beginning of the game I can search my deck for two equipment cards and put them in my hand. He has no effect for the rest of the game. That ability is so powerful. Um, Yeah. And so, you know... I, I love the Heroes of Might and Magic throwback that the commanders have. I think it's a really cool element. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 like I said, I enjoy the, um, there, there's a definite strategy, there, there's definitely a mind for strategy in place. Uh, I, like, if the game was perhaps mechanically better designed, it could be a very fun strategy game. Um, or if you've got, if, if just, I'd just, like to clarify that we played with the decks that came in the box. It's not yeah. like it's not like a Magic the Gathering where you just buy decks or cards. It's a proper board game style box. Yeah. That came with two complete decks and then you can buy packs to add to it later. So it's it's not like a Yu-Gi-Oh or a Pokemon thing. It it comes in a a complete box. Yeah. But um, they are technically starter decks that you can customize and add on to. Yes. Uh, and I, I like just as as an example, there are like we were saying earlier, there are there's a, a two rows of four for your territory for your territories. You have eight territories in total. But what that means is that you, because you've only got three commanders, you can only defend three incoming rows at a time if you have soldiers on everything. Um, so that means you have to sort of strategically plan and prepare for you can, because you know. Uh, how your opponent can move is open information. So you can theoretically uh, plan against your opponent's movements. It, it's um, very chess-like in that regard. Yeah, yeah. And so there, there's, there's a very, there's sort of like a, the core of a good strategy game there. Just, and there's, there's no randomness in the combat either. No. Or the movement. So it, everything is planned. There's a lot of known information. Everything is strategically planned. And, and, and in that case, I really, I really enjoy that aspect of it. So because I can't seem to stop making references to the next part, let's go ahead and talk about what we don't like about this game. Oh, all right. Uh, I mean, this could be pretty much a back and forth if we just want to go through the phases. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're just going to, rather than going back, rather than just going Austin and then me repeating it, we're going to together, because with only the two of us played it, I should clarify. Uh, only the two of us played it because it is a two-player game. Um, a two-player game designed to play for 75, or sorry, sorry 45 minutes. I think was the was the estimated length of time. Yeah. We definitely played for longer than that, though. We played when for like William an hour and I and played, half. it only took us 45 minutes. Yeah, but when you and I played it, it took us it about took an hour and a half. It took longer, yeah. yeah. Well, um, if we want to get into the first point, though. Yep. Um, right off the bat, this isn't technically one of the phases, but the you know who's going to win the game by turn two. Yes. 
the game takes a long time to actually finish. But the problem with the game is it's a... So there's a lot of things that are win mores. This game is a lose more. Yes. Once you have started... Once enemies have invaded your territories, you're down resources. If you've played any trading card game... Um, I'll go to Magic. Magic stopped making land destruction good. Because land destruction makes the game unfun. When I'm like, I'm just going to stop you... It's, it's not even like, I'm going to kill your creatures, or I'm going to stop you from casting this spell. It's, I'm going to prevent you from doing as much stuff, period. Yeah. Although, and it's not I mean, even that you do it incidentally, it's that it's the entire object of the game. Yeah, no, land destruction, the cards just do that. In this game, in order to win, you have to destroy your opponent's resources. Now... To be clear, you don't claim those resources for yourself when you when you destroy yeah. them, and they can't be regained later on. They are just permanently gone. So whenever you lose, so territories generate food and gold, uh, and you use food and gold to to uh, set out your troops. And your fortress has a certain amount of food and gold that it'll always be able to make. And um, most, uh, at least the two star decks we had, both star decks had ways to increase the uh, efficiency of your resources. Um, I, had, uh, I, I, I had a commander. Didn't you have a commander that made things cost less or an item that made things cost less? Oh, I, yeah, an item that made uh, troops put into a thing cost less food. Yeah, and I had an item that made my fortress produce more of both food and gold. So we, we both had item. We both had uh, cards that increased the efficiency of our resources, but, but not cards that generated resources. Exactly. You can't generate more resources after the, after these things are destroyed. Um, so. It gets into a thing where, you know, first turn you can dump your entire hand. Second turn, you, you know, you, you can't. And it just, and you just, once you start losing, you don't stop. Yeah. Um, because it gets down to, you're drawing so many cards, whoever has more land is, is just hand dumping every turn, and the other person is, ends up getting cards stuck in their hand. And if one person's playing all their cards and one person can't, guess who's winning? Yep. It just takes a long time for the hammer to fall. Well, and even and even without resources being destroyed, uh, as the Vikings, I was playing the Vikings, and I had one character that required four gold and no food. I had food out the ass, but gold, I only had the ability to produce uh, seven gold. So why don't we talk a little bit about the deck design? Yeah. Because these this game came... With starter decks, let's talk about how poorly designed these starter decks were. Yeah, yeah, because the two starter decks are all you have access to at the beginning, and you can buy booster packs, but that's not what we're reviewing, and I wouldn't spend the money to buy the booster and, packs. Yeah, and anyways. the problem is, after the first impression we got, we don't want to. Yeah, uh, so the, the the two decks were the Vikings and the Atlanteans. Uh, the Vikings were supposedly uh, an, ag- uh, an aggressive deck that has cheap but powerful creatures um, that can be put down quickly so you can sort of build up your army and attack. Um, and then the Atlanteans are a more defensive uh, group that has, lots of, supposedly, defensive. that has a lot of items that uh, boost their abilities and, and, and let them play more defensively and make their armies, you know, better. At, and they have more mobile, they have, they have more mobile uh, commanders who can therefore get to defensive positions quicker. Um, 
in, in theory. In practice, what happens is uh, the Atlantean puts all of their resources, all of their equipment that they get too free of at the beginning of the game, uh, and all of their troops onto their one commander that can teleport to anywhere in their anywhere in their territories. Um, and they then just siege the heck out of... Immediately start raising territories on the other side. Uh, whereas, whereas the Vikings have to take two turns to get to the opponent's territory to do anything. The, the secondary problem from the deck design is you can tell from the way that the cards read and everything, synergy is a massive deal. The, the Atlanteans have um, several cards that say, you know, these work best with Beast, and then several cards that say, if you, don't con- if you only control Merfolk, which is really awkward because, like, well, I want my Beast synergy and I want my Merfolk synergy. And you'd think you could just put your Merfolk and your Merfolk commander and your Beasts with a different commander. But no. No, no, no. They care about... It. Well, there's a card. There's several cards that say, if you only control Merfolk, period. Yeah, not only control Merfolk that, on this like, commander, but only control Merfolk. Yeah, the, these things are only useful if you have lots of beasts. And to be fair, the Atlanteans didn't get it half as bad as the Norse. Tell us yeah. about how many different things the Norse had trying to go on. So, so the Norse have giants, humans, dwarves, uh, and undead as their, and, and then typeless creatures. Um, they have two of, no, sorry, they have they have four of a uh, a berserker's axe, which can only be put on humans and uh, dwarves. And you but only have... In a 60-card deck, you have four 1-1 one, one dwarves and then two humans. And then everything else is either giant or uh, giant or undead. Or typeless. Or typeless. So, for most of the game, I had these uh, two of these uh, berserker axes in my hand without being able to play them, because in a 60-card deck, only having four dwarves means that I have... What, what's, what's, what's the math percentage chance of me drawing those dwarves in a 60-card deck? Uh, every draw gives you a 1 in 15 chance. So a 1 in 15 chance, because you do draw three when you draw on the first, on the first turn. Yeah, um, but, but also realize that part of the problem is your dwarves are your suckiest troops. Oh yeah, and these dwarves are, these dwarves are meant to be killed. Uh, because you have two other cards in the Norse deck that says uh, "kick into fire," whereas if you destroy if you destroy one of your dwarves, um, then you get uh, buff the strength of the rest of the of that commander. Um, so I hope you had dwarves. So the dwarves. Well, yeah. So the dwarves that you can that you need to put these berserker axes on to make them stronger, you then sacrifice along with their berserker axe to make your unit stronger as a whole, and then you lose that dwarf forever. Um, another synergy you had going was you the giants. You had yes. two Jotuns. They were like a Jotun Shaman and a Jotun Elementalist or something. And yes. one of them does this thing where you can um, expend him, a.k.a. tap him or turn him sideways, to take three cards in your opponent's graveyard and put them into the out-of-game zone. Yes. And then another one who gets... The, the Jotun bonus, Elementalist. Who gets a bonus to attack for every card your opponent has in the out of game zone. Yes. Which is a very which is a very powerful sort of synergy uh, going on. But uh, it's again two cards out of the deck. So you had your well, I, your... I had I had two elementalists and two shamans. 
it's just you have all these random two-card synergies that reflect nothing else in the deck. Like, you have this two-card well, synergy of Kick into Flame yeah. and Dwarves. You have this two-card synergy of these two Jotuns. I also had uh, creatures that could be reinforced in, in, inside enemy territory. Um, and I had items that could only be used by giants, but killed the giants after use. There was a lot of killing your own creatures in the Viking deck with no way to bring them back. And without enough of the relevant creatures, because you're sacking your giants, but your giants are your sin- or like I, I feel like if you had just had a really cool giants deck that was full of all these exile effects, the Norse could be really cool. Or if you had this really sweet dwarf deck where you're just like berserker dwarf sack everything, wreck your opponent super fast. Yeah. Like- Instead, you get a very like a glimpse of that. You get pieces. What it is and it's the same thing in the Merfolk in the in the Atlantean deck. Is you have there are pieces of multiple different archetypes slammed together into one deck. And I get to use magic as a reference because it's magic as a reference is easily researched if you don't know magic already, and if you do know magic already, you'll instantly know what we're talking about. It's it, it's like a, a deck it, that has half tempo cards and half control cards. Yeah, or or like a, or a third aggro cards, a third control cards, and then a third mill cards. Like, but yeah, it's it's so yeah, it's sort of like hi, I have a deck with five mill cards in it. Yeah, and it's just this this deck doesn't know what it wants to do, and the the Atlantean deck also doesn't know what it wants to do. But what it does, but what it can do is functionally better because of the commanders at your disposal. What, so the thing is, what it can't it, it may be slightly confused, but one of the commanders lets you pull two cards out of your deck first thing in the game. Yeah, so, so you, you can, can rely on the random one ofs. Yeah, it's it's the, the starter decks are not constructed well, and especially not balanced against one another. Um, so but yeah, so going into the phases of this game, there are three phases: supply, invade, uh, reinforcement. So let's talk about the supply phase. Yeah, in the supply phase, you draw three cards from your deck and Which you untap a lot. all of your things. There's a lot of cards, and in in most games that would be a good thing. Like drawing three cards on every turn. Like if you could draw three cards for turning magic. That would be amazing. Way overpowered, but it would be amazing. But that's, the problem. It, that's the problem. It's way overpowered. Yeah, yeah. Way overpowered. There's no incentive to reserve or hold back anything. Yeah, because you'll always have gas next turn. Um, and you're never and, drawing land, so there's no dead draws, really. Well, aside from I mean, your non-bow from- cards. Aside from the cards that require dwarves to sacrifice, it, or in, to a synergi- in a synergistic deck, there's no dead cards. Yeah, um, and you untap all of your territories that you spent uh, previously throughout the game. There's not much wrong with the supply phase overall. Uh, it's you know it's it's the the, it's the draw untap. three cards. The art, draw three cards is kind of whatever, but um, outside of that, it, it, there's not much that happens in this phase. Uh, then we go straight into the invade phase. So the invasion phase is our combat step. Uh, you uh, you move your commanders and try to take over your enemy's territories or fight with your other with your enemy's commanders. Now, if you recall earlier when we were describing the game, we talked about how you can only move like if your commanders don't have units on them. If you if they're outside your fortress, they immediately go back to your fortress. Well, on turn one, you can't put units on because you guessed it. We haven't gotten to that phase yet. So we immediately go into the combat phase and can do nothing. Yeah. Oh, and and that's true if later in the game, if if you know, if if later in the game your opponent kills all your guys, 
you, and you don't have the money to reinforce, yeah, you still can't do anything. Or if you don't have cards in your hand to yeah. reinforce, like the problem is you, still you draw your anything. cards, but before you can play your cards, you go to combat. Yeah, so like if last turn all I had were instance were were were, were effect cards, uh, sorry, event cards. Sorry, the three the three card types by the way are creatures, events, and items. Um, if last if last turn I had nothing but item cards in my hand, so I couldn't reinforce anything at the end of the game. Uh, and then this turn I draw three creatures I could theoretically reinforce, I have to wait until my opponent goes through all of his combat phase, wrecking all of my lands without me being able to do anything to him, um, uh, to before I can play my cards, at which point I have now lost resources that I could have used to play these cards. Yeah. Uh, the so other yeah. awkward thing about the movements is, guess what happens... If you don't have a favorable move and you want to wait till your opponent moves. Yeah, so like we said earlier, the commanders only have specific ways they can move. Um, for instance, the Fenris, uh, which is a giant wolf on the north side, uh, can move forward and to the right and back on his first turn. Then he can move forward, right, and left and back on his second turn, and he can move left and back on his third turn. Left and back left on his third turn. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm wondering if you're seeing an issue here when you have a, a field of four uh, places you can go to. Um, well, another but, awkward one. I had a character who has... He has to move forward on his first move. It has to be either forward, forward left, or forward right. And then the yep. second move, he can move backwards. Guess what happens when he's on the second row of my enemy territories? And uh, attacking the fortress will kill him because there's superior forces in it. He has to move into the fortress. Yeah. Or sit there and literally do nothing. He can't retreat. Because if you skip your turn, if you skip one of your turns uh, to let your opponent do anything, and remember, you can't reinforce at this point, so you can't, like, you know, if you have another another commander who's empty of troops back in your fortress, you can't move him instead. Um, If you... Take a moment and see what your opponent's going to do. Well, you've just foregone all of your turns. Yeah. Once you've skipped once, you've skipped the rest of your turns. Yeah. In, debate, in that invade phase. Even if you have other units that could still theoretically move. You have to move or do nothing at all. But you doing nothing at all does not mean your opponent has to do nothing at all. They yeah. can still use all of their moves. Because uh, normally in combat it goes back and forth, where you move, I move, you move, I move, you move, I move. Well, if it goes you don't move, then I just move, 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 move. Imagine, uh, imagine taking like four consecutive combat rounds when your opponent unable to block. In magic, um, kind of feels like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the combat round. It's pretty shitty. It's and not 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 the least of which because it's before your reinforcement phase. Um, which we will now get to now, the reinforcement phase. So after combat, you can reinforce, which means you can pay resources to put troops and items onto your commanders. But only if they're in your territories. A, yeah, only if they're which in your means territories. That that, which means that that guy stuck up on my opponent's territories, oh, even if he survived that phase... He still can't do anything because I can't give him any troops. Yep, and can't give him any troops. Can't also can't trade troops either. Like, say for instance, I've got an enemy unit in, in I've got a, I've got a unit in enemy territory, and he was doing really good, but now he's weakened. I can't unless I can figure out a way to bring him back to my side of the to my side of the map. 
Um, I can't get more troops to him, ever, with the exception of a few cards that only do one-to-one trades. Yeah. Uh, which means, uh, or the exception of a couple cards that let you reinforce enemy territory that only the Norse had. Um, which means that basically once you make an attack, you're committed to it because you can't pull back. Um, and you're just, the only way to really get out of that is to let your, like, like with your guy that can only move forward on his first turn, you just have to let all those troops and equipment go to the discard pile because you can't, you, you can't retreat and you can't reinforce. And even if you were to somehow get a unit up next to him, you can't trade units either. There's yeah. no and functional you, way to reinforce your guys in enemy territory. And you can't move them together, so I can't attack with him at like at the same time. Yeah, no, as someone one else, then one then another. The same square. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's the resource, the, and then in the resources phase itself, you can spend your 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 meat and your uh, your food and your gold to buy things, and it's fine. It's a standard. It's a standard sort of you spend your cards phase, but it should really come before combat. And the restrictions placed on it make it very hard to sustain uh, a, a sustain a siege situation. I think the rest of our complaints could easily fall into the materials phase. Um, yeah. Because I want to talk about the way that your commander cards uh, appear on the board. Yeah. So we, we've talked about we've talked about most of the things that we don't like about the, the game the, itself. There's more nitpicks. There's more, there's nitpicks, more things. But we're not there's more issues. There's more. There's more nitpicks. But uh, moving on from the gameplay, we're going to talk about the the materials. And yeah, go ahead. Talk about the commanders first. So that your commanders um, sit on little stands and move around. They're just, they're literally playing cards that you sit on a stand. So you have three copies of each commander, one that goes on your board and two that go on the stand. And instead of printing, you know, backwards cards, cause that's more expensive printing. They just print you two identical ones that you face back to back. Now, if you know anything about any sort of navigation ships or any sort of basic left and right, system, you know that left and right are subjective. This means that if you put an identical card back-to-back with another card, if there's an arrow pointing one direction on one, it will be pointing the opposite direction on the other. So if there's movement printed in arrows on one side of the card, and then your opponent has their side to look at, they have to realize it's mirrored. Yeah, and if they're which, relying on that information, it's wrong. Yeah, so you've got unreliable information built into one of the core mechanics of the game. I wanted that to sink in. Let that sink in for a minute. Um, like, That'd they be, really needed to at uh, least print a backside and a front side to these cards. Yeah, no, that would have been, that would have been too much effort. Um... Yeah, so yeah, so all of the cards are like that, by the way. Every single commander, you have to suddenly remember, oh, by the way, they can make different moves than what you think they can make. Which kind of eliminates the purpose of having the backside of the cards in the first place. Yeah. Like, it's like, like it act- actively makes it worse than not having that information at all. Because instead, like, if there's not having that information at all, you're you're much more cautious about how you approach them than yeah. you would be if you had information that said the exact opposite of what you thought they could do. Because at least it won't be like, hold on, let me pick him up and look at where he can move. Okay. Yeah. Now I take um, a snapshot and forget that it's backwards and make the wrong move. Yeah. 
But yeah, so it's it's just a pain in that particular part. But in addition to that, um, so let's talk about marketing. So, so this this game is made by Panini, uh, Panini America specifically. Uh, and if you don't know who Panini is, uh, no, they're not a delicious grilled sandwich. Um, they, they make all the sports cards. Yeah. Go, go, go to the store and buy a random booster of baseball or basketball playing cards, and you're probably going to buy a Panini booster. Um, Panini makes collectible cards. Not collectible card games, collectible cards. Um, and so what it appears to have happened, and if you go to the AfterworldGame.com uh, website, which I highly recommend you do if you're interested in this sort of thing. If you ever um, want to know how to not make a website. Yeah, it's a very poor, like, 90s GeoCity website that has cookies that they want to install in your browser. But um, aside from that, uh, the, the opening homepage is just, a, you know, it's very generic. This is in, in Afterworld. Here's a marketing blurb. Um, the game rule, it has a game rules tab, which uh, is horribly spaced. Um, and, uh, it's a paragraph. It's just a single paragraph with, three, uh, with the turns laid out. Uh, in three distinct steps, and it reads like this. When it is your turn to be the active player, you will carry out three distinct steps. Supply, invade, reinforce. And oh, then it sorry, ends. It, well, no, no, there's a paragraph above that. There's a paragraph above that, but that's the end of the sentence. I know we went further beyond that when we were describing how to play the game. <laughs> also, it there stops is no... halfway through the rules. There is no FAQ for this game. If you have any questions about card interaction, there is no support. No, but there is the pan- there is a link. There's like five links to the Panini uh, to the uh, Panini America store. There's also a link to the uh, Afterworld comic book. Yes, uh, which was also made by the folks at Panini. At the uh, same time, it's not <laughs> one is based off the other. It's literally how can we sell even more of this? Yeah, and it's and the comic book is. Mostly poor writing, uh, with uh, you know, with, with with such epic lines as "Taking me by surprise was your only chance." Since that didn't work, prepare to die. Huh? It, it right. very much looks like that sort of third grader comic book, where it's just a bunch of action scenes linked together by trite dialogue. He's not what? Where did he go? It's like he vanished. Was he really that quick? Or maybe not. What just happened? Uh, yeah, no, this, it, it's, it's not a good comic. Like, it's not a good game, it's not a good comic. And they're both designed to sell each other. At the back of the game, at the back of the, uh, at the back of the game um, booklet, I believe it had an ad for the comic. At the back of the comic, it had an ad for the game. And an ad for, Pan- for Panini America, buy, car- buy trading cards. Now, I will say one good thing about the materials. I like the artwork. Yeah, no, the artwork is fine. Very good artwork. And the cards are of decent quality. Like, like you know, it's a, it's a trading card company. This it's is a trading card what company. They, do. They, they, they they make cards. They make pretty things. But um, they're also really proud of their artwork because half the rule book is artwork. Yeah, half the rule book is artwork. Like not, not, not just they took up a lot of space with it. There's literally the last half of the rule book says gallery and it's a bunch of pictures. Yep, bunch of pictures from the art. Uh, yeah, it's it's a distinctive art style as well. Like it's not it's not a bad art style. And, and all very... four cultures have distinctive art styles. Yes, they do. Distinctive from one another. Um, you know, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, like materials. It's fine. It's just it's very interesting that this is a marketing game. It's only thirty bucks though. Yeah, it's no, no, because you have to buy more boosters. The base game is thirty bucks, and there is a lot of artwork in it. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. The price is for the for the value of the materials alone. The price is appropriate, ignoring how well the game works. Yeah, the price makes sense. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much all we have to say about this game, I guess. Let's go into our final opinion of the review scores. Yeah, uh, final opinion. It's... It is functional. It Barely. does... It, it works. There's nothing broken. It's not unplayable. Um, it's definitely something in the D range. I'm going to give it a D plus just out of the... From what I've seen... It in, it intrigues me that maybe you could you could build a synergistic deck, you could build a really cool, interesting synergistic deck, but without of a lot of deck building that the game does not incentivize me to do, I don't really see enjoying this game all that much. So D plus. So for me, it's it's a what it's a marketing game. It's a oh it's a naked cash grab, which I don't appreciate. Um. They also don't, we, we didn't touch on this too much, but they really don't make use of the lore of these places, just in, in sort of the way the mechanics reflect the races. There's, not, there, there's, there's no reason why the Norse Vikings are Norse Vikings, and there's no reason why the... Question, who the heck are... There, there is no Atlantean lore. Yeah, there's no... It's, really, not, it, a, it's not a mythos. At Atlantis, for those of you that don't know, Atlantis was a fake city made up by... Uh, a person. By Aristotle, by either, either no, it was it was by Aristotle. It was either by Aristotle or um, or Plato. No, it was Plato. Atlantis was was made up by Plato as a fictional city that would attack at Athens. And That's historians it. got confused and assumed it was a real city that got lost. I don't even think it was that. I mean, I don't think they could have but gotten that, that's confused. Why, that's why it's the lost city of Atlantis is they, because somebody thought it was real. He was literally proposing a theoretic. Uh, he was he was proposing a hypothesis. It was in a thesis paper. It wasn't actually in a story. Um, it became a it became a myth later. But it's not yeah. a mythology. It is a myth. Yeah, it is a myth. Not it, a mythology. It, it's sort of like if you had Atlantis and then you had Hercules. Yeah. I'm like that's not a mythology. That's a story. Yeah. And anyways. Um, it it there's there's no they don't make use there's there's no reason why these decks are these are this flavor, which is something I've talked about previously when you know in, in other games where there's no reason why in 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 some game there's like King King of Tokyo there's no reason why King of Tokyo is a kaiju game there's absolutely no reason for it to be a kaiju game and in this game there's absolutely no reason for the Norse Vikings to be Norse Vikings and there's absolutely no reason for the Atlanteans to be Atlanteans. So Although they, they can. Uh, so between that, the naked cash trap, and just the shitty presentation and poor quality of the game, it's a D minus. Like it, it is playable. You can play it, and I imagine, and I know there's at least one person that has had fun playing it. Um, it's not me, and it'll probably never be me, and it probably won't be but the majority of people that play it. So yeah, so yeah, D minus for me. I shouldn't have to invest into a game. To make it fun. 
Yeah. A game should be fun and investing should make it more fun. It shouldn't be tedious, but investing makes it fun. You you have to hook your players in with a fun game. Then they will spend more money on you. Yeah. So yeah, that was whatever the fun that was Afterworld. Um Yeah, there's not much more to say about it. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. Anyways, we have been Final Show Films. We produce a wide variety of content every day of the week. You can check us out on our website at finalshowfilms.com. You can check us out on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms. If you like what we do and you like to see and you like to see us do more or hear us do more, you can uh, support us on our Patreon page. Thank you to all of our patrons, especially Chris Comfort and Antonic, our two tier supporters, without whom there would be quite a bit of things that we couldn't do. Um, We're currently at our $100 tier, by the way, uh, which pays for our podcast feeds, the very feed you're listening to right now. Um, And uh, our next our next tier is $500, which is going to be uh, paying our audio person. So check that out. Uh, also, uh, this is brand new today. Uh, if you li- if you watch our Twitch streams on twitch.tv slash Instaku, where we do several of our actual play recordings, um, the uh, we are now Twitch affiliates. We've 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 been brought into the Twitch affiliate program, which means you can uh, throw bits our way if you wanna if you wanna give us tips there. So go check us out there, um, twitch.tv slash Instaku. And yeah, and we also appreciate 411mania.com. 411mania.com is a geek culture website that produces uh, uh, articles and content related. Related to wrestling, MMA, entertainment, movies, music, and gaming, including all of the four one one. It's not sorry, including all the final show films uh, podcasts. So check them out. We appreciate them. We appreciate you all, and we'll see you all next time. Say goodbye, Austin. Goodbye. <laughs>